Hey, and welcome back to part two with Chef Ariel. Over the last 20 years working in restaurants, I met a lot of really interesting people. Uh, Bourdain called us pirates and misfits, and he couldn't be more right. Um, we really were, um, I say were, we are a hodgepodge of cultures and backgrounds, and we get to play with food all day, and we get to make a living doing that, and it's pretty damn awesome. This is what Inside the Pressure Cooker is all about. It's about making some new friends and sharing some stories with some old friends. And listen, we all know that life inside a kitchen is not for everyone. We've seen plenty of people come and go that thought they could hack it, and they couldn't. Um, it really does take a special someone not only to survive, but to really thrive in an environment of just what feels like complete fucking chaos but it's pretty damn controlled. And then just the constant pressure and the stupid hours you put in, not to mention it can be a very thankless job. Before you know it, it's all in your blood, and it's the only thing you know, and you need more. It's an addiction. This is the bond that all line cooks and chefs share. Um, it's becoming the heartbeat of the kitchen, as cliche as that fucking sounds, but it's in our blood which means it's fucking pulsing through our veins, and it's what we live for. This is Chad Kelly, and I've been slinging pans for over 25 years. And in that time, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of many successful kitchen teams, many of which I had the privilege of leading. And during those final few years of my career, I found that my passion was not only just in cooking, but it was the people. And it was mentoring the next generation of chefs. Hey, quick interruption before we jump on to the rest of this. Two things. First, there's a link in the, in the show notes that, well, it's not really a link. It's my email. Please, I want to hear some feedback from y'all. What do you love? What do you not love? Um, this is how I learn. And the second part, I've set up a Patreon account for this podcast. Uh, the link is also in the show notes below. Please, if you're able to, we would love any contribution you're able to support us with. We all have costs that we need to try to cover with this show, and any support would be greatly, greatly appreciated. You're, you're based in the, in the States, right? Yeah, I'm in uh, Dallas area, so, North Texas, yeah. So so I'm, I don't know how it's there, but the situation here of the industry in in Malta and in Europe it, itself, in general, it's, it's, it's a disaster, you know what I mean? Now, this was just a brief snippet from our conversation uh, when we started talking a little bit about the impacts of COVID on Malta and where it's out today. But it can easily, easily apply to the conversation that's about to happen. Hopefully you loved the first part, uh, but this one breaks down something that Chef Ariel is very passionate about, um, and hopefully all chefs are passionate about, and it's uh, really about our food supply, and the concept of buying local seems pretty simple, right? But once again, it never really is. We all know that. It's not as simple as it should be. Now, so before we get too far into this as well, like... Yeah. So we're, we're getting into your dissertation, your thesis yeah. here. And uh, why did you, I mean, obviously you're very passionate about it, yeah. um, but uh, what was this thesis for? So I did, uh, so basically since I was working in Dinner in the Sky and uh, it was mainly whole for six months, 
the, the season uh, during mm -hmm. the summertime. Uh, and then I said, okay, let's study. Let's, let's, okay, I've been head chef, I am head chef, but I don't have those beginning, you know, basic skills or at least the theory, the, the theory behind that. Let's, let's go and study, let's do. And I checked, and, and here they, I could do, they allow me to do a, a bachelor's degree. So it's basically, it's a, it's a, okay. it's a kind of university, uh, university uh, title, like, like university uh, at the end, um, degree, uh, which is over three years. And, and, uh, and then I said, yes, why not? So I was studying, you know, winter, winter, um, fall, and I was, you know, working mainly during the summertime. So it was perfectly, time was, was perfect. So obviously, as then it took a bit longer than, than, than normal. It took me right. four years because in between was COVID inside. And uh, part of the degree was I spent uh, four months in the Institut Paul Bocuse. Um, so I spent four months intensive in the Institut Paul Bocuse. So, uh, but then we flew when COVID was here, when COVID started and then back and then what we do and then again and then, so it, it take a bit longer. And the last thing that I needed as I, I needed to do a, a thesis, a dissertation of, of, of 15,000 words to, because it's a degree, it's a bachelor's degree with honors. Okay. With honors. Um, so so that, that's part of it. And unfortunately, I failed the first one, to be honest, and, and I needed to do another one. Uh, it, was, it was meant to fail, you know. I, I end up having already, I started as, you know, part-time job, full-time study, and I end up full-time study, plus, plus full-time work, plus another part-time work, plus everything. And, and it was really, really complicated. Um, but... Yeah, uh, you know, was part of it, was done, graduate, and everything is perfect. So how did you choose this this topic, you know, in the topics exploring the usage of local products within the hospitality business in Malta? So, as I said, first I failed my first thesis, which was based on ethical consumption. I, I truly consider myself an ethical consumer, which means that, uh, you know, and it's related to the local produce, uh, but I do think twice before I buy any any food-related produce. Um, for example, I, uh, you know, buying avocado, it's actually supporting not only the fact that avocado kills the soil, but it's I, or, or use a lot of water, but it's also supporting the labor laws in countries where the avocado is it's grown and some countries you know we know that there are kids working in there and it's a bit shady let's call it so i don't buy that unless it's for example uh, here we receive avocado from spain from the canary islands fair enough okay no problem um so failing the ethical consume consumption um thesis uh, doesn't matter why. To be, to be honest, I didn't really do many things. I still wanted. I still wanted to stay on on something similar. Sure, this uh, makes sense. Then and and then and then I said, okay, let's let's see. Uh, 
one of the main goals of the academy where I teach is that we use only local products in terms of fruits, vegetables, and proteins. Uh, obviously, spices, <laughs> there is a limit. How can you use? But but right. we try to use only local products in terms of that. So I said, if this is something I'm dealing with it every day, let's focus on that. And, and then I decided to do that uh, and try to understand why. If we, as an academy, can do that, are the restaurant doing it? Because I don't see it on the menus. Here in Malta, unfortunately, we live in an island in the middle of the Mediterranean. And 85% of the restaurants, they have sea bass, farm, and salmon in the menu. And I can't understand why we have salmon in the menu. See, as I understand, it's locally grown. Farmed, fair enough, but it's local at least. It's from here. At least from here. But why salmon? And the, the answer is because that's what people like. I said, but that's not what people like. That's, well, it's only, what, it's only... that's what you are offering. So that's what they choose. Yeah. But what if, why if you offer something else? Yeah, so, exactly. It, it is a complicated topic. Yeah, and and for me it was important, and because that's what I do. I, you know what I mean. I, I, I don't, it, I don't buy in my house, for example, unless my kids really, 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 really want, and you know, maybe once every, but usually I don't. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to local versus the imported, um, how much of it is just business decision? for you know more of the tourist market because malta is kind of heavy on the tourist market right yes, it is. where they're almost you go there and they're offering stuff that it's just tourist trap crap exactly but that's a the thing there is an increase extremely increase in all europe on the food tourism people who mm-hmm. want to buy local stuff then you arrive to malta and if a foodie arrives to Malta, it will be hard to find where to eat local food. And I'm not talking about traditional Maltese food, because that there is traditional Maltese food. I'm talking about that you go to any restaurant, whatever mid, you know, middle range, here you have high-end, which are good, not hardly using local product. The middle range are bad and then you have the low 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 you know just the kiosk in you know in the street whatever mm-hmm. which those are quite good because they sell traditional Maltese street food you know what I mean which is fine but in in the middle which is the normal people used to usually go mm-hmm. most of them are tourist oriented what they believe the tourists want or what they found that the tourists want. That's what it is. They all have steaks, Argentinian ribeye. Come on. Chimichurri and... Yeah. Now I'm Argentinian. I don't buy Argentinian meat. I don't buy Argentinian meat. Because it pissed me off that they bring it from there. You know what I mean? I try to buy, for example... There is, it, there is a breed in, in Italy called Scottona, which is a type of cow. 
So, mm-hmm. I, so I buy that. You know, it's slaughtered in Sicily, which is 40 minutes in, in a ferry. It's slaughtered in Sicily. It, it's not locally grown, but, you know, it's there. Or else I buy... A lot more local than Argentina. Of course. Of course, that's the thing. Or else I even buy Maltese locally grown beef. I think they slaughter here maybe two, cow, two cows per week, something like that. Maybe, th- maybe three. Uh, <laughs> but I buy from a butcher that they have. You know what I mean? And I try to buy things that all the rest of the people they don't buy. Because I know, because I have the knowledge or the experience or whatever. But at least I know, you know, my head is quiet that I did myself as much as I can to, you know, to keep them on the same, on the same situation. And yes, most of the restaurants here, unfortunately, uh, they sell what, what the general crap tourists want. So part of the restaurant review that I do, we do restaurant review for free. Me and an American lady, and, and uh, that she has a lot of. Uh, she also wrote a, a book coming out soon. Um, she is a foodie, and I'm the chef, so it's called the Foodie and the Chef uh, on tour. And we actually try to find small places that they do something specific with local produce, but they don't have a lot of uh, potential for marketing. So we go, we eat, obviously they give us the, the food, and we, we write a review and we post in the magazine, which is tourist-oriented magazine. Okay. So that way, you know, because we both are foreigners, and I found a lot of places that I never heard about them. Living in Malta for almost six years, I never heard about them. Because they're more, you know... On the local market, the or, right. exactly, or it's not very popular, or things like that, uh, and we try to showcase that. That's cool. That's a lot more what I'd look for. Although, yeah. like so much of like when I would travel, when I see stuff in magazines, I know. I mean, I, I thought I knew, but it's all paid placement. Some of them, yes. The thing is, again, we we are um, the magazine that we work is. It is tourist oriented, but it's not the magazine of the of, of the airport. You know what I mean? You won't find it on, on the airline. Uh, you will find it on the air. You will find it on the airport, and it's for free. It's for free, but it's not yeah. in the airline. You know what I mean? There's a different. There's I love different. all those like hey, you know, best seafood or best steaks and wherever. Yeah, and uh, and it's just it's a it's just an ad, and yeah. it's not actually produced by anybody other than the company yeah, that, exactly. that, you know no. um, and the good thing is that with us you actually read um, it's it's a it's a whole review about the place uh, about how we found it how what we think what we had what they have what they offer uh, why why what you know sometimes we don't even agree I mean the lady we went to a place that they do their own um, uh, fried calamari obviously here there is plenty of calamari mm-hmm. uh, and usually you know i me personally i like very thin coat of, of flour and and this lady she likes more butter kind of more british butter kind of and at the place here the place that we went they do like that and she was in love and i said well you see i don't like it i mean if as a chef i can tell you it's very good it's 
it's well done, but I prefer the thin one. So, and, yeah. and, and we try to, to, to showcase that they have a special recipe that comes from ages and ages with the same butter, the same calamari, the same thing. And the calamari that he buys is from the next door lady that he says she sells in the fish market, in the fish market. And so all those things we try to do. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So we're kind of getting away from your thesis a little bit here, but so no, 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 (laughs) this is good. Um, I mean, I think it's all relevant as well, but, um, so your, your, your thesis, you went through, you interviewed, um, five people in different elements, right? Yeah. Ideally what we did is we interview, I interview, uh, I interview from Michelin star restaurant, uh, Mm -hmm. five, five star hotel until a small takeaway shop, everyone. Yep. You know, at least I, I, I try to understand. Can't uh, cover the spectrum. You know, yeah, cover all the spectrum. I could have done it more with more people, but unfortunately, you know, some, they tell you, no, no, that's, we only give you one or blah, blah, blah. Uh, because my idea was like, when we talk five-star hotel, okay, so I spoke to the executive chef, but what about the purchase manager? Or what about the sommelier? You know what I mean? There are many things, yep. many services, but they decided that just one person. Uh, and I covered all the spectrum of all the options. So I didn't want it to do two places on the same uh, range, kind of. Because it's pointless. Yeah, that makes sense. It's pointless. Um, so, yes, we did that uh, in each one. And, and yeah. So was there anything about it that surprised you? Like after after you collected well, everything. Well, for example, I I have to say that um, it really surprised me the Michelin star restaurant. I mean, the five star hotel. I kind of I, I assumed that they they would mainly focus on imported because you know they they buy big bulks and things like that. Yeah, that one didn't surprise me. But but again, but the Michelin star restaurant. You know, I was expecting that one of the criteria to have a Michelin style is like you focus on, on mostly on local product. And, and unfortunately, I know, and he told me, I can't, my proteins cannot be local because the, the quality is not there. So, you know what I mean? So he's telling me the quality is not there. And then the vegetables, at the end, the season is so short or something, mm-hmm. I, I just can't. Which in my head was, okay, if it's short, use two weeks cauliflower, another two weeks, uh, I don't know, another thing, another two weeks, another thing. Just change it. That's a side dish. Fair enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, you need, you need to focus on your proteins and for any reason, you, you, you don't use local. Okay, but all the rest? Yeah, no, I, I get that. <clears throat> Is your the middle range restaurant seem to be more focused on? Because I I choose one specific one middle range that uh, they <clears throat> claim to be traditional Maltese food, and I said, okay, your traditional Maltese food. What are your ingredients? And happily, you know, they are using specifically. And he told me, I pay more. But I use local. I pay more for uh, sun-dried tomatoes that it's done by my uncle, my cousin, my whoever. You know what I mean? 
than the ones I can, the capers I buy here in Malta, there is a lot of uh, wild capers. So you can go actually in the countryside and pick them up. So, and, and he said, I prefer to use these ones, even if I pay more, uh, than buy a bulk of, you know, 10 kilo from somewhere and, and that's it. Uh, and that was very good. And that was what I wanted to, to, to listen, you know what I mean? Uh, and I also have on the high-end restaurant, there is a high-end restaurant, the, the one that I interviewed, that they they were just open, they just nearly open, and uh, and they claim, in fact, I see that they don't use anything, um, they don't use anything um, from abroad, and and in fact, lately I I gained to know that there is a guy. Uh, growing sugarcane in Malta, uh, and there is a lady growing stevia, uh, and they were all sold to this restaurant. Really? Yes, yes. So he's doing his own. He was doing his own flour from local grain, and he now he's having his own uh, kind of drying stevia plants for him for sweetener. And, and someone was growing sugarcane. Someone is growing local avocados now as well in Malta. Okay. Which is funny. I mean, we're talking about an island that the size of, I mean, you are from Texas, so probably it's a, <laughs> uh, old Malta. It's one third of a neighborhood, probably. <laughs> it's that. It's super, super small. Whoops. I look it up. But, uh, yeah, it looks like, you know, increase of, at the end, you know, my main focus was always, or my main idea, my main goal for both theses is that if you increase the demand, at the end, the supply will come. If, the, 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 you know, the, the consumers have the, the chance to actually change, but if they don't demand it, we will keep seeing here salmon and sebas everywhere. Well, I mean, that's kind of that. I mean, we're almost talking like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, no, right? I agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, so there's a combination of, you know, you've, you've got to have the demand, right? And then you've got to have the support, um, from the public, um, as well as just, um, you know, ownership that's going to pay for it. Um, and then be able to find that middle ground as, as far as pricing structures, because it feels like pricing is such a weird thing that everybody is trying to compete with, you know, the big corporate places or just your chains. And it's like, okay, we'll, we'll never be able to compete with that as a smaller restaurant. So just stop, right? Stop trying to be that, that place that, that you don't want to be. Exactly. And but, I think you know, stop comparing yourself to that too. So I believe that, uh, unfortunately, many restaurants, they don't understand marketing. So they open and they don't understand what's the target market. They, they don't know how to focus. They don't do segmentation. They don't understand all these words are, are non, you know, all those words that, that I learned them 
during my degree, and I and I know that mm-hmm. fair enough, fair enough, and that's why I believe that having a degree, I'm not just saying having you know a small course of you know cooking. Now you want to do, you want to manage a restaurant, you have to study, or you have to have the money to pay someone who studied to managing for you, because you can't open a burger place. You know what I mean? As it happens here. But the thing is, again, here, every burger place that starts, that opens, they copy what the others did. And you end up having a takeaway burger place with truffle, with truffle burger. <laughs> Man. Now, the problem is that people ordering that, saying, oh, I'm having a burger with truffle. No. They bought a sauce which has no truffle at all, just some essence, and they put it to you, and they sell it to you. So the lack yeah. of knowledge... Now, what I'm saying is, as a restauranteur, why are you putting that? Or you know what? Back to the fish uh, uh, option. Yeah. You want to have salmon because people like salmon? You want, do you want to have sea bass because... I, okay, have three. Have local fish of the day, Sea bass or salmon, but at least you're trying. Now you well, said, I mean, because you said, you're in the, yeah, as I say, you're in the Mediterranean, you're in the island in the Mediterranean. <laughs> exactly. Seafood should not be in a problem. No. I, I mean, you've got it, beautiful seafood where you're at. It is, it is a problem. I mean, salmon is, is like, no. that's just a shot in the face. It is, it is a problem. It's a, it is a huge problem here because. Unfortunately, this is what something I talked to to my fishmonger, and and he's telling me, the fish guys. First of all, there is the the lower the you know the during COVID or whatever they, they stop going and many change and they don't go anymore. And those who go, they they sail to to the area of Sicily or even Greece, and they sail there. They sail, they catch whatever they can, and they don't bring the top quality to Malta. They sell the second or the third quality to Malta on the same price that they sell the top quality in Sicily. So we pay more for less quality. And then for you go leftovers. Exactly. And then you go, you take a ferry for or, or you take a plane for five uh, 45 minutes, 550 minutes, you land in Napoli, and you have the best seafood ever in your life. And it same, all came from Malta. And it's the same sea. It's the same sea. You right. know what I mean? It's exactly the same sea. I'm not talking about, I, I don't know, Andalusia in Spain and Tel Aviv. Okay, it's all Mediterranean. It's all Mediterranean, fair enough. But, you know, there are, you know, the currents, the things, the heats, blah, blah, blah. But Sicily and Malta? There is, yeah. pe- there is people that they do swimming that. They, they, they swim that. You know what I mean? So it's Man. crazy. It's crazy. It is a sort of what's first, demand or the offer. I believe the the if you as a restauranteur try to offer something, I'm not talking about change the, the whole mind, but one step at a time. As, as, as Rocky Balboa used to say, one step at a time, one punch at a time, one one round at a time. Sure, you offer, know, and, and offer so, something else, S- something. 
Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with that because it's, if you're not going to get the best quality, if, if nobody's going to buy it, no. like, I mean, or if you're not trying, so, I mean, if they see the support, you know, the farmers and the, the, uh, your, your fishmongers, absolutely. You know, why wouldn't they want to bring the money home? That's um, right. And also the government is here. It's, it's, it has a huge, a huge, I mean, I am a liberal. I, I, I don't like government to impose or to, to, to enter, you know, in that, in terms of um, uh, economy. And I'm not trying to, to regulate prices or the opposite, but promote promote now don't promote only in the Maltese television for in Maltese because there is 50, there is about half a million people living in Malta probably 150,000 200,000 are foreigners now if you don't understand that then keep keep doing advertising on the Maltese television that nobody sees. Because anyway, nobody sees. Yeah. You know, no, it's mean? just so many things. I'm thinking like, but even then, like when like government, like smart government is when you try to protect the business and your agriculture and, um, and, and that's imposing, whether it's um, tariffs or something, taxes on product that you can get in Malta. Exactly. But then is imported, and then all of a sudden it creates a fair market value, right? Yeah, because you can again. Personal opinion: I don't like that. I don't like all these things because no. it's you know what I mean. But at least try to make try to you know what the minister of tourism. Tourism is one of the most important um, industries in Malta. Combine food with tourism. Well, um, are you familiar with how Pad Thai was created? Pad Thai? No. And from Thailand. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but I don't know. Right? So it was created through tourism. And and so when they were in the process of changing their name from like Siam to Thailand, um, and or what is what we call Thailand, and um, they were looking for a dish that represented their culture um, and just who they are as a people. Right, they wanted something to help define their identity and their culture, um, so they had a, a national competition to create the next national dish, and so um, pad thai was created out of a competition to create a national dish mm -hmm. that represented who they were. Well, that's the thing. And now here, uh, okay, there is national dishes, there is whatever you want, but promote it, showcase, showcase the local produce. There is, there is. Listen, there is DOP on 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 cheeses in Malta. There is DOP on cheeses, and nobody okay. knows. There is DOK, which is um, uh, DOK in, in wines. Um, okay, it's like DOP, but in in Maltese, in wines. Okay, the wines here are not bad. I'm not. I'm not a, they are not a Burgundy Pinot Noir, but you know what I mean? But that's not bad. They're good. I choose oh, most of the time local Maltese wine when I go out to eat. Because I'm, but that's me. My wife always complains about that. But anyway, 
<laughs> but again, but you know what? But you know what? There is a wine here. There is a winery here. Fantastic. And they have amazing olive oil. But you need to spend in a restaurant almost 100 euro per bottle. Man, we're still talking about Malta. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not a premier crew. It's, it's, it's a wine from Malta. So uh, with all due respect, you, you, know, you need to understand that. Now, I don't know if it's the winery or if they're a restaurant, but some, someone in the middle is doing something wrong. <coughs> Because how do they mark how, how do, like so wine in 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 Europe in those countries like how do they how is that priced? I I don't know how I don't know to be honest I don't know how to price this. No, I, I I believe I look the winery I can check. I don't really know. I, I have I have someone who works in winery and and in contact okay. with him. He he came as a student. You know he came to one well, of the classes. But uh, the problem here is that there is not enough. There is not a lot, so the cost is it's high, uh, and I understand that. But still, yeah. we don't. We, but still, we are not. You can't. Your price cannot be the same as a premier crew from Chablis. You know what I mean? With, with all with all my respect, it, it's not. You can't. Mm-hmm. You know, a Chablis Premier Cru costs 120 euros. Your white wine has to cost no more than 50. You, you, because you're not there. Even if you're amazing, you're not there. Now, you, then there is a problem with cost-wise because amount or whatever, I don't know, change your market. You know what I mean? I don't know. Do something else. But I, I'm not buying that. It's too much. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a lot for for a local wine that is, I mean, it's going to be good, but like you said, is it is it that level? That's a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> so there, is, there are a lot of things. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm bringing this forward, and I think it's a, it's a trend going on in all Europe, what's happening. Uh, with, with, with it's the, going on everywhere. But mainly with the local product, it's like the prices are, are getting crazy with with the with the war mm-hmm. mainly. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, and then and you know, uh, people try to go, but it's it's a mix of convenience and uh, and prices. You know what I mean? Uh, people now they work too much, and you know, all for the computer. Ta ta ta. In thirty minutes, you have all your order. The next day, you have delivery of on your home, uh, and and it's it, it's sad. It's sad, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, so what? What the 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 war in Ukraine right now? Like, what's been the biggest impact price wise? Like, what items? I mean, I know grain was a huge export. Grain, grain is it's a huge um, oil. Oil as well. Okay. I I remember I remember paying um, the 20, 26, 25 liters, um, um, you know, jerrycan of, sure. of of frying oil. Um, sorry, speaking liters, but that's that's what I know. I, yeah, don't, I, don't, I, I think I don't know how many gallons are. Uh, 
we used to pay 26 euros uh, for the 25 liters. And the last offer I received when I still used to deal with all these bulks, uh, it was 75. 75 euros per 25 liters from 26 to 75. Um, and that's the price and it doesn't go down. And then, and we're talking about, you know, the vegetable oil, which based on soybeans and whatever. And, mm -hmm. and, and Soybean, common. canola, vegetable yeah, oils. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, oil, oil definitely, mm -hmm. grains uh, and flowers as well. Uh, and again, grains, um, the impact in, the, in, in animals, so animal feed. Uh, I mm. I volunteer in a in a horse rescue place and and the animal feed went up dramatically. Even the hay, even buying hay, it's it's hard. It's yeah, because once you short something else, you're going to put exactly. pressure on the other exactly. spot. So it's it's a it's a whole cycle of of you know of complications. Hmm. Well, let's hope this gets wrapped up sooner. Yes, hope than later. So. Yeah, hope so. The thing is, we we stop hearing in the news. You know what I mean? They still fighting. Yeah. It was okay all over the news. Couple of days. That's it. So let's talk shelf life and in marketing. All right, you brought up marketing, and mm -hmm. um, in in I, I read this in in your thesis. Your and it, and it kind of annoyed me, not because it was in there, but because, I mean, I see the same thing here. And, and it's just like, that shouldn't be an issue. Um, but when people are saying, like, they didn't, the, the local produce would just come in a bag. And it wasn't, like, properly marketed. And I'm like, yeah. well, okay, one, I'm already paying more for, for something because you know, the concept of local is also the concept of sustainability, which you, you talk about, right? Mm -hmm. But sustainability means it's, it, it, it has a positive impact on that farmer, his family, the environment in the economy. Yeah. And right. And all the feedback that I receive is that every local product is just put it in a bag and look like this disgusting thing, you know, mainly in proteins. That's the thing. They send you proteins not even wrapped up, you know, the packages, it's just, just a bag or whatever. I mean, that, that could be an easy fix. Um, you know, it's like, Hey, you want me to wrap this up in something fine, but like stuff shouldn't it just be put into these fancy packages just for you to later take out. Like, I, I agree. Mean, I agree. But again, but that's look, when you bring imported things, that's how they come. Mm -hmm. They come in fancy well, because stuff. It's, big, yeah, all that, it's designed to be on a store. Yeah. You know, it's designed and grown to look pretty on a mm -hmm. store shelf. Yes. And I, and I agree. The thing is, and that's something that was telling me the, the guy from the, from the hotel. And he was telling me, I, it can't be that I ordered chicken. And I said, okay, you know what? Bring me local chicken. And I received a, a plastic box kind of with like 10 or 15 chickens, one on top of each other and, and just it, it, with a bag and just like that. I mean, 
okay, don't fancy sure. rapid, don't fancy rapid, but at least wrap it properly. You know, what I mean? don't bring me a disgusting, you know, box where the, the, the blood or the liquids are falling. I, I, you know what I mean? Because that's what happened. And the thing okay. is, and what I see here, what I see here is that I don't want to say the health and uh, an environment has an impact or people in Malta, they live somehow, you know, on the age of the 60s and the 70s where we all were eating with our hands after touching the, the, the mud. But in many, many situations, it is. In many situations, it is like that. And, and, and you say that, okay, I'd like local, but at least don't package it with a plastic box, you know, those or those um, white uh, material. I forgot how to say that in English. Uh, those white trays, you know, pl uh, plastic oh, white styrofoam. Yeah, styrofoam with 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 a clean thing. And uh, okay, don't. Can you vacuum it? For example, take take a vacuum bag, you know, put the chickens, vacuum them. Even if the bones break the, the bag, you know what? At least it will not start leaking, smelling in the box. You know what I mean? That concept, it's not understandable. I mean, is it like a generational gap kind of I thing? I think maybe? it's generational gap. In my opinion, it's generational gap. Because even here, I mean, when I go to a farmer's market, I don't expect anything. You know what I mean? I just expect, I go with my bag, with my plastic bag, big one, just put everything inside, I then go home. Fair enough. Sure. When you buy from from a farmer's in, at home, they bring you fancy things. Box, cardboard box with a, with a, with with paper uh, paper bags inside or blah, blah, blah. And okay, you know what I mean? If you're a farmer, you bring me a box so you don't make dirty. Fair enough. Okay. But just why adding more papers and more and more bags and more inside and everything separate? I don't know. Maybe it's because of me. Maybe people like it more. Maybe like it less. And it's all about marketing and how I'm fancy and how with that. I'm saying that, you know, you, you, it cannot be such a difference between what you come from abroad. It's so fancy packaged and some dated and everything. And then here you buy again back to the chickens. There's not even date on on, on the packages, just in the bag and, and no, and, yeah, and, and that's it. And uh, and that's sad because I when I buy my chickens or my beef from the local butcher, there is dates and there is everything. So why the retail not? You know what I mean? What, why not? Why? Because I'm just I pay more, and then. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's sort of the tricky part because out here, I mean, we have to have like USDA is involved with everything. So, I mean, it's part of that government oversight and, and it's become very restrictive. So like a local chicken farmer, right? I mean, we're talking like after everything's said and done, like it, in one processing, right? It's more to process a chicken than what they can almost sell it for. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so, um, 
Yeah, I'm just, I'm, that's the tough part because the processing can create more of a dirtier environment as well here than a natural where they would be doing working outdoors. And, um, mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of elements to it that create more costs. Right. And, and so even though they're going to have a better quality product, um, healthier product, because it's not going to have all, all the elements to it. Um, and everything's sold. Like, I mean, they're almost harvesting just what's sold. Right. Or they're going to sell it, freeze it and, and then yeah. take it to market. Um, but they can't compete with, with pricing, you know, no. just like we talk about, like out here, you know, where we've got, you know, the Costco's like those big markets and they sell whole roasted chickens for like six bucks. And it's like, well, that's yeah. what it costs just to have it processed. No, no, no. It costs, you know, so I'm like, I mean, nobody can make, nobody can compete with that. No. So when someone says that, hey, it's $20 for a whole chicken, right? Then it's like, well, why is it twice as much as this one that's already cooked and ready to go? And and the public doesn't understand that. No, that's lack and of knowledge, education. But it, and, and so there's part that says education, right? But do they want to know? Do they care enough? Well, I don't think they want to know because unfortunately, most of the people think with a pocket and not with a head. And, and that's something that, uh, and that's something here that's, I mean, everywhere, something everywhere. And that's why I believe that you can solve that with education for the future. So at the end, you know, if you focus on the education of the kids, if the kids would know, do they kids know how, where the chicken nuggets come from? They have to know, but they have to know. And right, that's right. A, I, I, you know what I mean? It's this chicken. You see, now it's walking. And then, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm not going to send my five-year-old kid to a slaughterhouse. I'm, I'm, I'm not. But he knows that, you know, the, the, the ham comes from the pig. And in the farm where we volunteer uh, with the horses, we have a pig. And then, okay, so this is a pig. And when he dies, you know, they, they create food. So this is what I try to do. Now, I believe kids in school, they should go to farms. They should go and see. One day, I don't know, picking strawberries. You know what I mean? Pick and eat. Pick and eat. They don't Just even know. To... They don't even know how the yeah. how the strawberries grow. They don't even know why. You know what I mean? Like uh, my son was telling me lately. You know, there, there are supermarkets here now in the middle of. You know, we're talking about we're already in December, which is winter, and you know, and he asked me for a peach, and I said, I said no, "There is no peach." <laughs> no, but there is in the supermarket, and my question is, why? Why do we need to have pitch in the supermarket in December in the middle of the Mediterranean? Why? And it's not even good. It won't be it's good. It's disgusting. It's tasteless. Yeah. That's the thing. It's tasteless. It has been in fridge for who knows 
you know, kept in, in, in cameras on zero degrees or whatever. Uh, who knows? Yeah, took the cargo freighter over from the south. Exactly. Or, or who yeah. knows from where it's coming from? You have asparagus from Peru. Mm -hmm. now, now, you need to add another thing. Malta will never be the first step, the first stop. It probably will be the last stop. So the asparagus from Peru, they arrive to some central area in Central Europe. Now from there, they might arrive to Sicily. And from there to Malta. And from, from inside customs, to the shop. So imagine how long these asparagus have been harvested from that are mm -hmm. to, to, to be able to buy it here. And I still <clears throat> and I still see restaurants in the menu using asparagus. And that's and it's still cheaper than anything that could be produced locally. I don't know. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. There is there is okay. amazing local asparagus seasonal. There is fantastic. But seasonal. But but asparagus is fancy, so some restaurants they middle range whatever they want to be and they sell as, and and, and it's in, incredible. It's crazy. <laughs> it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. So at what point? I mean, so this kind of goes back to your concept of the ethics, though. Exactly. Right. And so is it teaching the ethics at the school? Because, I mean, there's also huge, like we've kind of talked about it, though, just uh, the disassociation with our food supply, yeah. right? We just assume, like, hey, there's a peach there. Where'd it come from? And it's, I don't know, I pushed a button. I um, I have to say that that was a change in myself. I mean, I slowly, you know, the more I was into the food industry, I slightly, you know, I start changing myself, my habits, my food habits or, or picture or purchase habits uh, more mm -hmm. into the ethical and, and start thinking, okay, let's buy free range chicken. Okay, where there is free range chicken? Okay, so we know that there is free range chicken coming from Italy. Uh, what do we prefer? I prefer the free range chicken, okay, or I buy local chicken. And the local chicken, which one? And then I saw a farm, a chicken farm in Malta, and I, I I cannot even I cannot even get close to those chickens. And it cost it cost you one euro twenty per kilo, or, or something like that, and and the and the and the free range costs you five five euro per kilo. Right. But the way the, the growing way, it's it's really it, it's bad. So then there is, an, there is something in between. Uh, we found in the academy, then, you know, teaching the academy uh, and with the values of the academy, they also brought me try to see different suppliers. And then there is a guy um, growing capons, uh, which are amazing and really big, nice, very fantastic. But the, but the supply is very small. So you need to call him and then and blah, blah, blah. So in that... So in that case, I so I, I personally I prefer to buy the free range chicken from Italy. So I buy, the, so you know what I mean. So that's that's one thing. Uh, I think it's, it's it's the way go. I mean, at the end, you need to respect 
what, what's next to you. We need to respect the land, the, 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 the soil, the land. The, the, I'm not saying that will taste better. You know what I mean? I'm not even considering, I'm not even thinking on the flavor. I'm thinking about respect the animal, respect the, the, the food environment. This is my way of thinking. So when I buy local beef, which is extremely bad comparing to the Argentinian beef, and I'm talking about extremely bad, really <laughs> no good. But then, but yet again, so I said to myself, okay, if I want a steak, I will buy the Italian steak, which is very, which is good. It's decent, it's good. But as an Argentinian and as a chef, I know how to take a beef ribs and turn it into something fantastic. I know how to take a beef chicks and turn it into something fantastic. So I will buy the local that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and do it in a slow, you know, slow barbecue or whatever. So that's that's the way I that's the way I was I start thinking, and that's why I came into the ethical, and that's why I tried to explain to my kids. Yeah. Then we'll see. You know what I mean? <laughs> How much they were listening, huh? They are. They, I have to say that they are. They are. They. You know what I mean? I still, I still buy bananas and kiwis. I have to say, because, <laughs> but that's you know, the, 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 the banana. It's 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 only bananas itself is the topic that someone can can speak hours and hours. How we lost all the different kind of bananas that exist, and then we end up right. having only one, which is <laughs> highly produced, survive every environment, and that's it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's a whole other topic. Exactly. So, what you know? What, what's your plan now? Like, you know, you've got your thesis. You've got the. Uh, you, you've learned everything. Like, where do you want to go with this? Uh, well, ideally, so basically, uh, as I told you, well, lately I I got a a job opportunity on iGaming as well, uh, basically. Uh, some people that they that they know my 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 wife they needed someone to just just to be the face the, the, in here in Malta because the company is registered here so they needed someone mm. uh, so I entered into that uh, but my idea is so first of all I will keep teaching uh, I I kind of took a step back the last month so I settled the iGaming stuff but I will keep teaching definitely. Um, when you teach, when, when when you do a workshop, we do mainly workshops of one day workshops. You know, it's, it's a three hour uh, workshop, but we speak so many uh, about something else, but the recipe uh, and the basic skills. And then this is where I believe I keep you know talking about this the, the ethical consumption and, and and the local produce and try to explain everyone who anytime came under my my classes why it's important you know what i mean uh, so why is it important why, why why it is important you know exactly why it's important <laughs> i know we've been talking it. about it but no um, because because look especially in places like an island you can't be 100% dependent on your food on someone else now 
if you con the, the, the demand continue to go down, I saw you can see, you saw that on, on my thesis. There is almost 40, 45 percent of the of the land which is it's not even sold. It's used for you know communal or for local or for for you know personal usage. So people are not going to farm. It's not they don't want to be. They don't want to be farmers. There is plenty of spaces. You can go here, and there's plenty of spaces of, of nothing, of land which is not even uh, cropped. So, you know what I mean? Uh, so, on the classes, I try to explain. And, and the next thing that I will definitely do eventually will be uh, content creating. Uh, I do very small reels uh, when I remember mm -hmm. with my phone, but I, I, I try to do, you know, more on the content creating, uh, uh, on local product, again, go to the farmer's market. That's all going to be about the local. Exactly. And... Go to the farmer's market, go to the <clears throat> butcher, go to the fishmonger, talk to them. Uh, you know, do short videos. Okay, what do we have? Give me this, 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 and then go back and then film a, a recipe. Uh, um, the thing is, it's still on, on, on going because I believe, unfortunately, Long YouTube videos are not anymore on, on, on that. It's more on short reels. Then there is a limit how much you can explain and teach on these small reels. But attention uh, spans have gone out the window. Exactly. Nobody's exactly. got an attention span anymore. No, no, no. People, uh, more than three minutes, it's gone. It's, it's like that. It's like that. It's sad. That's a whole other issue. Yes, yes. But but again, but as, as you know, even this, continue talking about this, you know, coming into, mm -hmm. you know, in, in this type of things. Um, uh, anytime I went to the television here in Monza, I went to the TV a couple of times. And, or, so try to focus on that and to explain that, try to, you know, bring these topics up. Uh, and eventually see, I don't know. Maybe one day someone will will listen from the government or whatever, and they would invite me to to talk about. <laughs> hey, you never know. You know mm -hmm. I mean, I get it because uh, I, I worked for a seafood place, uh, seafood restaurant, and um, in, in even though we we're landlocked, you know, I, I had all my seafood was flown in from the the different coasts, west coast, east coast, yeah. um, <laughs> so <laughs> nothing local about it, um, but. Uh, it, but we tried to make the smartest decisions we could. And I was remember talking to somebody about the concept of sustainability. And this was before marketing companies got a hold of it. Mm -hmm. And and she's like, well, how, where does it start? You know, how does it go? And it's like, well, it starts with me. Right. You know, it's exactly where you're at. It's like it, exactly. it starts with you. And, and then you talk about it and you live it. Right. You don't just talk about it, but you live it. Um, and you be the example and, and just hopefully um, you can make enough of an impact at some point to get it to grow. Hopefully, hopefully. I, I again, I try to do that. Uh, as I told you from, you know, leading by example, that's, that's what I think it has to be. You need to lead by example and lead by example in, in anything that you do. Um, so I couldn't write a thesis or a dissertation about local product if by myself I was not actually buying local product. So that, that's the first thing I do. Uh, 
And I try to explain again, you know, my wife, forget it. She buy whatever she wants and and it's fair enough, no problem. You know what I mean? It's but when, when we are together, I do the stuff. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and my kids also, they know. They 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 try. Let me ask you this. What if there's one product, one item out of Malta that you wanna see benefit the most uh, out of just more of that the local war kind of mindset no. what would I, it be? What I, would... I have to tell you that the local olive oil it's okay really really good it's really but like extremely good the local honey the local honey local olive oil ghost uh, cheeses but again they, they they do go shoot, but they only do one type. You know what I mean? But local involved for sure. The honey, really good, uh, and 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 ghost cheeses. I think those are the three that components that they are the best. You know what I mean? They are really good. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, do you have any questions for me? Uh, not, not much. I mean, uh, I've been hearing. Up, no, but that's the thing. You know, I think it's fantastic that you know that you give space to to, to anyone to, to speak. Uh, topics mm-hmm. are important. Topics are important. It's it's good that people speak about that. It's sad and good at the same time that from two remote countries uh, we have the same ideas and same concepts and and. And the problems is a sharing and the problem. same issues and this is exactly it's a sharing issue so uh, the more we talk the more we bring this up you know more people will know and i wish you all the best no, i really really appreciate it and thank you for listening to this episode of inside the pressure cooker if you enjoyed this episode and feel like you're able to take something away from it please go to apple Podcasts and rate and review us Um, If you don't use Apple Podcasts, please follow us, as well as share this episode with a friend. This is a publication by Rare Plus Media, hosted and produced by me. From Rare Plus Media and myself, Chad Kelly, thank you for listening. Keep kicking ass.